the women in his life are just cooler than him. They are. But I also think that's like a really good, like he is attached to some really good women. So it's like, even if he's not doing anything, like he's going to be elevated. Storm's going to be like, oh yeah, Gambit, just come hang out with me because you're my homie. Yeah. Rogue yeah. is like, you my husband. Betsy doesn't like him. Gene thinks he's hot. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they're going to have him. Whatever. Yeah. I think after his X-Men set, though, he does need to do something else. And this might be a little controversial. But. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think I would make it. everybody welcome back to another episode of another relaunch and i am going to be oh you know who i am i am the i think i've been here before but i don't care i am the queen of i am the queen of space the heir to tamaran i am queen coriander starfire aka the alien superstar. The alien superstar. <laughs> I, I I approve. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. All those little fan edits that have been going around of her as the alien superstar, they hit. It's hot. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's truly a song that is. It's Starfire. Category bad bitch, please. Yeah. And she's an alien. <laughs> she's an alien princess. She has it all. It hits for her. Queen. <laughs> I, um, I will be Joaquin Torres, aka the Falcon, because he's been having some moments lately in this Captain America movie. Yes. So I have to celebrate him. And then I was rewatch—I wasn't rewatching the show, but I saw someone rewatching Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they were like posting some clips from it. And I was like, they didn't let that boy wear his suit. I was like, so whatever happens in Cat Four, I hope he gets to put it on. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they will um, make him? Something with the young Avengers or something like he's like the Falcon over there with them. Is he young? I don't I know. Say, I, don't th- I don't think he was young like that. Okay. He might get like maybe a cameo with them, but mm. I don't know. I felt like he was given mid twenties, late twenties. Mm. Maybe I'm not good with ages though, so he could have been. Same. Maybe he'll be like the Falcon of the West Coast Avengers or something, because I feel like that's oh, coming. That could be fun. That could. Be, oh, that would actually be really cute. Not mm-hmm. No, we don't need her. But uh, Simon will be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, and Wonder Man is coming. That's what the Period. people are saying. <laughs> yes, I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a nice weekend. It wasn't like super hot in D.C. like it has been this entire past month. I don't know. July? Well, yeah, we're ending July now. July has been like hell. Oh. I don't know what's been going on in the sun or who runs <laughs> it. But like... Every day, it's like sweltering, it's humid, it's nasty. I don't like it. And so I'm like, I'm glad we're getting out of that right now. Ooh, that's not cute. That's it's like, cute. is it like tank tops and shorts weather? Or yeah, just like, but it's you like, like too hot to go outside weather. No, it's like some, so it's definitely too hot to go outside some days. But like tank tops and shorts, even then, like if you can find a shaded area, you might be okay. But like once that sun hits you too, it's like, ooh, and it's a sticky, humid heat. So you feel wet and then you like go into places. It's just not, it's not exciting when it happens. It's not it's even not one of those cute. things where you can like, I'm, I'm a sweaty person. <laughs> like, it's not cute. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where you gotta be wearing black outside or else everybody's gonna know you sweat. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like, also, if you wear black, you're gonna be even higher. It's like a lose lose situation. Yeah. So you just gotta stay inside at that point. Welcome to that. But, also, but then also, like, the pox is going around. So it's like, you might wanna be inside anyway. Yeah, it's got to do that anyway. And um, if people out there can get vaccinated, make sure you are. Um, <clears throat> it's been, this is, we're living in wild times. I was talking about that with a friend the other day, like, that we are truly living in, like, changing, like, <laughs> times. Like, <laughs> like <It's> history. <laughs> it's, it's repeating itself in, like, brand new ways that we weren't expecting. And it's just like, you think we would be prepared for it, but we're not. And it's like, I don't know who's to blame anymore. That's why I just... Not me. I didn't do nothing. 
<laughs> I just said read my comic book. I didn't ask them. If anybody wants to tell me like stop working and stop doing anything and they'll just like pay for everything for me and do all that stuff. Okay. Listen, if we, if people go back and listen to older episodes of this show, we have been saying that from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> been consistent on that point. Okay, if you want to come in. I'm not save me, you. I'm not gonna stop you. I'm not gonna find you. <laughs> I am here. Okay, let's go ahead and get into these updates of the week. There isn't too much going on. Obviously, there was a huge week last week with all of the drops coming out of San Diego mm-hmm. Comic Con. And one update we got was that the director of Shang-Chi, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, will be the director of Kang Dynasty, the Avengers movie coming out in 2025 so um i think that is a great opportunity for him to continue to exist really loved shanti so um getting to the avengers movie will be fantastic and i'm gonna be honest with you the fight scenes in shanti were fantastic so people have been expecting them to clips on twitter lately and i was like damn this was good yeah the fighting they were fantastic the action scenes were Great. And, you know, and, shout out to Simu Lu, because I know a lot of people were kind of apprehensive about him when he first got announced, but he did what he needed to do. And I know he has a little bit he of did. a reputation for being unlikable, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen the stuff. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, he did a... You know, now that I think about it, that movie was kind of a setup. They gave us Simu Lu, who has a reputation for being unlikable, and then they put Aquafina in it. And that to you should tell you that the movie is good because the movie with Aquafina <laughs> in it. It's good. It's like, like good. look what they had to overcome. <laughs> and they, we haven't heard still much good. about her. Do you think they're gonna keep bringing her around? I know she like left with him at the end of their movie, but you know, I feel like there's always some type of murmuring about like, oh, we can't wait to see this character again, or they're gonna come back, or they get these little promo pieces, even if they're these side characters in these movies. We won't see nothing with her. I don't know. I don't think that they will bring her back and cameo in other people's things, she may, you know, pop up in Shang-Chi to be the funny girl again. Um, but I don't see her being like, you know, Wong is right now and kind of popping up in well, other like a, like a projects. Darcy. Do you think she'll hit a Darcy status? Because mm. people like Darcy. And they always mm. But it's like, well, like, but it's like, do people like that character, or are they able to not get past if they Aquafina? Right. Well, Darcy kind of had a reason to be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was like the physicist with Jane Foster doing all the science kind of stuff, and they kind of like set her up to be that kind of character. Mm-hmm. Aquafina was just the funny friend. Who magically like, learned how to like use a bow and arrow at the end? She like, became a warrior. She was fighting. <laughs> she kind of just shot. What some was stuff her character's around. name? I think it was Kate. Okay, I was thinking Katie. It could have been Katie. I think Katie would have been right. I really didn't remember anything else about her in that movie outside of shooting that bow and arrow. I remember her like trying to subdue her normal black set. <laughs> she had a little twang on it. <laughs> Sometimes it was trying to it was trying to find its way out. Mm-hmm. It'd be working hard. <laughs> yeah, but that's um that's all we got so this week. Uh, are you excited for Kang Dynasty and the stuff they're doing with Kang? Yes, because I love Jonathan Majors, my man, my man, my man, my man. But period. You know, it's time travel and the multiverse all mixed in one. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be here. Mm. I love Kang, regardless. And I'm like... Did you see Kang. that he won't be blue? Yeah. Which is, like, fine, I guess. I do still want to I think it's fine, too. From what I've seen, it looks as though he will still have probably those those thigh-high boots. I need the thigh-high And it looks as though his mask... I think he has the helmet, and it glows and, like, makes his face blue. But he isn't, like, wearing blue. Yeah. That's fine with me. The purple thigh highs were truly the most important part for me. <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, we love a nasty boot. Love. 
Um, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be fun. It'll be really cool to see Jonathan Majors be like the big bad villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I still, I don't know, y'all. I still think that Secret Wars will actually still follow the comic book, mm-hmm. both comic books, actually, the original and like the 2015 version, where Doom is the central character and he's basically like stealing power from whoever is the most powerful. And in both of those, it was the Beyonder. I think now Kang Dynasty will happen and he'll probably win. Um, but he I will. think at the end of it, his powers will be, you know, usurped by Doom. And everybody will come together to fight Doom. Hmm. I enjoy that theory. I'll enjoy it because I like Doom as well. So Kang to Doom, I don't know. It seems like a win for everybody, no matter what we're doing. Absolutely. You know, I love Doom. I think that would be great. I also think that the... In Secret Wars, I think that we will get the X-Men. But not our X-Men. I think that they will be the Fox X-Men characters. You know, bring them on back. So they can die. And then we can get to the new mutants. The mutants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're gonna gonna start to see some random mutants kind of pop up in projects and, you know, after credit scenes and stuff leading up to Secret Wars, but in the movies. Like, like the Fox X-Men popping up? Or, no, like, I think the, who like, the who are going to be, like, the MCU X-Men just in these little pop-up roles, but we won't see them until... Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I think, like, you know, we'll probably get characters we haven't seen before. Um, so, like, you know, maybe they'll do, like, a Sunfire in mm. something or like, you know, marrow or something. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I know. I don't know. I was, I was just thinking of random characters. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The thing is, I was thinking like, oh, I should name a character that like Listen. other people like. Like, I don't. <laughs> but other people might like. No, I don't think I can see like I can see an Asian guy popping up and they're like, oh, that's Shiro. And then that's not really like paying any attention to it. Somebody will catch him, of course, mm-hmm. because they catch him. But then like we don't see him again until like whenever. Right. And I don't think these mutants that we see will be the X-Men. I think just mutants are going to start popping up. And then in Secret Wars, we'll get the X-Men. But it'll be, you know, Sophie Turner coming back and... They may even let Hallie put her wig back on. You know, it should everybody be ready gets their the last hurrah. <laughs> she's like, she, yeah. you know, she talks about it all the time. She's like, oh, I'll definitely come back and storm. And it's like, girl, <laughs> be calm. That's not what we, we love. You, but like, we can't do get, that. Let, let her get her final <laughs> check. <laughs> let her do it. Um, all right, y'all. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. We are here for another read of our comic section this week. And um, before we get into like our main books, of course, you know, I want to shout a few things that came out that I think folks should check out. Strange number four was out, which continues the, Clea, uh, the story of Clea as Doctor Strange, which I've come to realize issues feel kind of short. Like they're good, really? but like, I don't know. It's just something about it. It's like real action packed and you're just moving and it's like oh i'm at the end of the issue already and so it's over it's not bad but it's just like it's just a quick read um we only find them over dead number 12 continues um the magic order three number one came out this is the third segment of this magic order series uh, by mark miller and we've got a different artist um now we have a new one it was quapel at first then it was Eminem, and now it is cavanago um, he's like a very, I know, right? It's like a very gritty, uh, dark style, so it's like completely different from what we've had, but I enjoyed it a lot. And then, of course, um, patch number four came out, which is Larry Hammer Wright and Wolverine. And like, if you're a Wolverine fan, then Larry Hammer Wright and Wolverine is like the beast me. That's classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so getting into our main books, we'll start out with Detective Comics number 1062. And this is starts the new creative team of Ram V, right? Yes, it does. It is uh, Ram V and Raphael Albuquerque. I think I pronounced that wrong. Apologies. But uh, this is 
a new run for the Detective Comics. I looked back when I bought this issue. Uh, you know how they always like compile them all together. I guess I had already been reading Detective Comics <laughs> because oh, wow. I had a bunch of stuff in there. Really, yeah. Uh, I guess I, it looks like I checked out after Tim Drake died. Um, I was about to say I, who was in the run probably, and then he. Yeah. Yeah, he killed mm-hmm. him, and then but like yeah, obviously he came back because comic books, but whatever. Um, but jumping to 1062 in this new run. Um, Batman is like out on patrol and uh, he sees some things going down and he's like, you know, this will only take me 18 seconds to like take these people down. He, long story short, ends up taking him like 22 seconds. So Batman getting a little old. (laughs) And um, he ends up like needing help from, not necessarily needing it. Well, he kind of needed it looking at this picture. He he, kind of needed it. He got some help from Talia. He was uh, fighting Mm -hmm. this mugger and who was like smuggling some like box or whatever, but all of a sudden he turned into this like creature, this like Lazarus zombie creature. And um, of course, still while he was fighting it, Bruce like didn't want to kill it. Um, but Talia came in and was like, <laughs> he, she ended up like shooting it in the face and um, it didn't die. It's like, you know, I have my code. And she was like, you know, your code is what's getting you in trouble right here. Um, and obviously this thing is- stories. Oh. Yeah. Um, but it looks like, it looks more like this is a story of Bruce being old, getting getting older and like needing help because at the end of this mission, he is back in the Batcave and he's like looking over his tests and everything's coming back negative. And he's like running on a treadmill, doing all these, running these tests on him. He calls Nightwing and Nightwing's like, what's going on? Like, why are you doing all these tests? And he's like, you know, I just feel like I'm getting slower. And Nightwing's like, well, maybe you're just getting old. Like, yeah. <laughs> you old. Yeah. <laughs> You've been doing this for a time. You got kids. Uh, truly. Um, a baby mama. <laughs> so, like, things are going to make you look good, travel you a little slow. So, yeah. Um, he ends up finding this, like, music box, which um, was, like, he... He later finds out that it was a music box, but he looks at this box and uh, it turns out that it may have been owned by these people who kind of own Gotham. Like they have the the deed to Gotham. And there's this woman who walks in. She looks like it's giving Aaliyah in um, that vampire movie. Ooh, like Queen of the Damned, Queen Akasha. Just, yes, that's exactly what this girl like looks like. The a whole outfit she like walked in in. And um, she's like talking to her son about how like he is the true legacy of Gotham and how like they own it. And uh, obviously we're going to be seeing some things like that. Bruce has like a nightmare um, where this like bat creature is speaking to him and kind of telling him like you need to come to this place. And he like wakes up and is freaking out about everything. So we'll be learning next what happened in that dream and, you know, just how much Bruce can still be Batman, considering he's just getting older. So, the girl who looks like Queen Akasha, is she a vampire? She could be. They were given that vibe. They didn't really say anything about that, mm-hmm. but they were giving that vibe that something, mm-hmm. something's up. So, I didn't pick this up, because while I do love Ramvi, you know, me and Batman books are just a little end. Um, But if they're vampires in this, yeah, I'm going to go get it. It could be. I don't know I what they're. The he issue. has to go to some place to call Barbados or something. So we'll I don't know I'll what that means. I'll the next issue. Would you say if they're vampires, then I'll tap back in because honestly, I'm not really a big fan of Batman and Talia. I think like of all of my Bruce girl ships, like she's kind of down there at the bottom. I just I don't I don't see it for her. She was only in this to remind him that like you getting old too. Like if I can come out here and help you. And like, that's the thing. She's such a negative presence, like all the time. Just a nasty mm-hmm. woman for no reason. It's like just stay mm-hmm. over there. So yeah. then, I mean, she did show up to his doorstep and was like, "Hey, go your kid." It's <laughs> <laughs> horrible. Okay. Yeah, and then there also is a backup issue of uh, Commissioner Gordon going on a case, I mean, it's very gritty, but this is a woman that's like a prostitute and like her son is involved in it. Um, and it's written by Simon Spurrier with art by, uh, let me check. The art is, um, it's just Danny, this is the artist's name. And they are, um, I think it's pretty interesting. I like the way that the art fits the story that was being told, yeah. um, but there's a backup in the issue. So it's gonna be a three part backup by Simon Spurrier. 
Commissioner Gordon story. That's cool. Um, what would you rate this issue overall? Overall, I would get this a a 3.5 out of 5. I think okay. I'm like back in this kind of story with Batman. It's interesting to see him getting older. I really appreciated the conversation he had with Nightwing and Nightwing being very, you know, Dick Grayson and straightforward with it and was like, you are getting old. So uh, I, mean, I did like He's like, I'm getting old, so you definitely getting old. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good, like, a start to a new run. Um, okay. I like the art as well. well that's good. I will always support Ram B. Um, so everyone should go and get it. And if they're vampires, I won't get it. And continuing <laughs> on, um, next up is Action Comics 1045. That comes from Philip Kennedy Johnson and Will Conrad. And it continues to be like the bomb.com of Superman stories. Qu- quick question. The little animated um, War World series that they announced at Comic-Con, do you think that is going to be about this story for Superman, or do you think it's going to be something with Vandal Savage? Oh. <laughs> I hope it's the former, not the later. I would <laughs> hope it's the. <laughs> I hope it's this. I would love this. Although it's called Justice League War World, so I don't know if that just means that they would like replace the authority with the Justice League in this. Yeah. Um just because they're like more known characters. I would prefer, obviously, if they do use the authority. Um, but we'll see. Um I don't really need more Vandal Savage being like the DC and the big the main big bags. Yeah. Vandal Savage. <laughs> like they put him in everything. Even in Young Justice. He like created Atlantis a humanity. Like it's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> See, I feel like use I use him for your, you know, time stuff to establish that he has also just been around for whatever, but we don't need him to be like the big bad guy in the corner. I like Mongol. You know. Mongo's Mongo. ruthless. Um, so I hope they use that. Again, like this issue. This issue was great. This was the um you know, in every in every issue where they're coming to save a planet, there's the moment where like half the team separates and then they end up getting brainwashed or something and switch the mm-hmm. sides. This was that moment where we see um Apollo be like a villain and like break down all this stuff because they have just all been brainwashed to the other side. Um, so I had a lot of fun. Sometimes I like yeah. those moments. I realized that like a lot of my favorite characters are the ones that end up Go being on, like, switch- yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Um, and I think that makes sense a- for you though. Like, you like characters who have like big flashy powers. And I feel like when they were more on the heroic side of things, they can't do that. But when they're bad, they can go all out and do whatever everything that they want to do. And it's like, you love seeing that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I like them a little. Bad. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a little assertive is the word okay. I'll just, just say. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, high praises for the issue. This was a lot of fun. And again, I'm st- we're still on War World, but like I'm loving it. They like separated yeah. the team out. Um, uh, Midnighter and his crew are going to go try to to get back Apollo. Obviously, Midnighter was like, that's going to be his mission. That's his man. <laughs> if you talk about my man, my man, my man, my man, like that's who it is right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's his man. Uh, he's gonna go <laughs> go save him. So his team is going to go do that, and then we have another team with. Um, Natasha Irons, and she is going to like build this converter that's going to change the sun into some kind of thing that's going to use the Genesis energy so that it's no longer a red sun, but some kind of sun where both the Kryptonians and the Velocians, I think that's how you pronounce it, they will also get powers. Um, and I've really been enjoying the series. She's had a nice little rise in prominence and like use, um, and I enjoy her a lot. But I, I've come to realize I kind of like a science girl. They're fun. They're really fun. They're cool. Um, and then hopefully, the, whatever that like that black girl Velocian, if she get powers, y'all should already know. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's gonna, gonna be the one. <laughs> gonna but again, like I've said, those future state books had like black camp family members. So I really do think that she's kind of like the one who gets adopted into the family, and she starts what would later become their line. 
a queen, a matriarch. I um, I hope that ends up becoming true. Uh, yeah. And also we had that like backup story at the end with Lois Lane, and uh, they were like working on figuring out how to cure. I don't remember. Oh, Tala is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, how to how to cure her or use the Genesis energy without the radiation that would like mutate their cells. And um, there's like some guy named Conduit. I think that was his name. He comes in and like steals the Genesis tech, but like Lois knows every super character. So she calls out like a, a all alert to everybody. So that's the John, Kara, super, the other super boy, even the one in China. <laughs> Which was message. really cool to see him. I do love how they've been like really consistent at integrating him into the Superman family. Like he always pops out for the events and like comes to do stuff. He's got the seal of Yeah, I like that. Yeah. They didn't like let him fall to the wayside. He is a part of the crew now mm-hmm. and in that family. So I think that's cool. Um, and they're all going to be going after this conduit person who is, I'm assuming, a Superman villain. Yeah, I know. Originally, before this, you know, me and Superman. We wasn't there. We weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> we said we that there very loud and clearly. We were not there. Is they okay? Uh, what would you rate this issue? Um, uh, a 4.5 out of 5. Okay. I really liked it. I liked the changes in art. I got to see Apollo using his powers. You know, a lot of times they bring him around and he never gets to blast stuff. So he did in this and I liked it. Um, I'd give it a four out of five. I think it's just consistently been a really good series. Again, um, mm-hmm. PKJ, he's the man when it comes to Superman. Yeah. So keep it going. I like it. For sure. Um, next up, we have Captain America, Symbol of Truth number three, and this comes from Michael Onyabuchi, R.B. Silva, and guest artist Z. Carlos helps out for this issue. And um, this book is like really giving me everything that I need. And it's you know, hot. We talk about like brands a lot and stuff on the show, and like you've brought it up to me before about how I really used to love like a dark, gritty kind of like kill crew, and that has like evolved into more spy political thriller. I've always liked political heroes also, but like a spy thriller aspect type of situation, action, and the girls are fighting and we trying to sneak into places, and like that's all this book is. And I love it, mm. especially with the authenticity of it from Onyabuji being a black man, like writing Sam and like how he interacts with people and like the things that they say. And like whenever we get something dealing with the Wakanda embassy and like how they're accepting people visas into their country now and like the people talking to them, the hoteps who were in the other issues before, all that stuff like really- how they want to how they want to go back now and how like. Yeah. holding up their Wakanda forever signs in the panels. Like, <laughs> really, really well done. Um, and we continue on the here. Like, like, oh my gosh. Silva's killing it. And even Carlos, like, on his feeling, like, he matched it. And it just, like, continually stayed well. And you see Sam kind of dealing with Doom and him saying, like, you know, this is what's going on. People are smuggling stuff. And Doom's like, anyways, get out of my country. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like, we'll have problems. You have Sam kind of realizing that he has to uh, meet with the Wakandan people and they're like you might as well just sneak in and be a spy and he's like no but then of course when he meets with Shuri and them they're like no we don't need your help like Wakanda would deal with this they should fed down quick hung up in his face like all of it and it was like nasty and then the guy comes out like I told you they weren't gonna help <laughs> and it was like <laughs> so him having to go there and try and do that we also see Falcon he's doing his little side mission which I really enjoyed in this series I think in the ones that he's appeared in before he was like around but he didn't really do too much on his own it was really about him learning and I think this is a nice evolution of that we see him like with his cousin kind of like get the vibranium smugglers and like Sam trusts him enough to be like yeah do this all by yourself and it's like come on he's got the he's got the uh, uh, tenure now. He's been a champion. He's been a sidekick. He's doing his own little thing. And again, he even said that uh, he has a psychic league with Red Wing in this. I was like, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. That was like also really nice. It's just been like really good to see. And like, I love, like, I'm genuinely excited every time I'm reading this book. When I got to the end and it was like, okay, the girl, she got the vibranium in her shoe playing games. I needed to know, it's it's such an interesting thing about them using these Latin people to smuggle Wakanda, I'm sorry, um, Vibranium, yeah. um, like across state lines and stuff, like the parallels and stuff and metaphors, as you can see with this, <laughs> are very interesting. Um, was when, in this issue, Sam goes to jail and he talks to somebody named Cam, was that his brother? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Was that Actually, a secret brother? I'm not. That's not his brother. That's just the guy he knows. His oh. brother's name is Gideon. 
Oh, okay. When we got to the vibe, I was like, is this a secret brother or something? <laughs> when you said, like, when you said, is that his brother? I thought you meant like, is that his brother? Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's not. It's just like a guy, you know. <laughs> okay. Got you. That's just his only from back in the day. Yeah, that's what that is. Okay, cool. This is a really great book. I'm really enjoying the series. I love it. It's so good. And like yeah. knowing that we have the Cold War series event happening in the spring of 2023 lets you know that it's going to continue. It's a win. Love that. Yeah. Um, what would you rate this? I issue? would end up giving this. I give this issue a, a 4.5 out of 5. Period. I really Period. liked it. The Period. art was fantastic. Um, I, you know, I'm always down to like try characters I typically normally wouldn't like. And Sam isn't someone that I would normally go after. He don't got no powers. But, like, the action in this is fantastic. The writing in this is great. The art is stellar. Um, why wouldn't I want to read that? You know, I love I love a good superhero stuff. So This is Captain America, baby. That's what we like to yeah. see. <laughs> um, speaking of books continuing and then some are ending, our final book of the week is Aquaman number six. Aquaman number six, excuse me, and that comes from Brandon Thomas and Chuck Brown with art from Max Raynor. And this was the final issue of this book, and I gotta tell you, it was a frustrating read. Like, oh. you could, t- like, Brandon Thomas has openly talked about he didn't intend on ending the book with this issue, and that he's written, like, some backups in a couple of other, like, Batman Urban Legends books and that have been going on, and he talks about how that was the continuate, or that was gonna be, like, the story of some of the elements they were gonna try and put in this book. And here, you feel all of that. You feel like this was not meant to be the end. It feels rushed. It feels incomplete. It feels frustrating the way it ends. So basically, you know, we kind of get from all the fallout of the final issue with them finding the Atlantean sleeper agents, putting an end to that threat. But then, like, Arthur gets called off on, like, a mission, so he's got to leave, so he doesn't really get any finality with anybody. And, of course, the mission that he leaves on is the one that gets him killed in... Justice League with the Death of Justice League issue because we have to tie into that with this now. And so from there, it's like the issue is a mix of people dealing with like being mad at him because they don't get to have that conversation. Then we see people in Atlantis and they all are getting the news that Aquaman is dead and like the Justice League is dead and we're dealing with that. And they're saying, okay, like now who's going to help us and who's going to fight? It also irritates me because Lorena Marquez like literally gets name dropped in this issue and we still don't see Mm. (laughs) her. Oh no. (laughs) It's like one of the guys, he's talking to his son who's like just got the news about Arthur and he's like you know who's gonna protect us and he's like don't worry we got Mira we got Jackson we have Garth Tula we have Lorena Marquez and I was like oh my sister she's alive and well and in Atlantis and then we don't see her however after Jackson hears the news about Arthur he goes to like find Mira and there is this brown haired girl who I have never seen the entire book and she's there with Andy so I'm just saying that that's Lorena because I don't know why like some random lady there after she gets named claim, claim it yeah so that was her um but then you know all of that happens and then like jackson's having a date with his little friend and he sees the news about arthur dying so he swims off to go find mara he sees her at the lighthouse and then they just hug and cry and then the issue and then the book's over oh yeah oh so, well, maybe there will be some kind of follow-up post, uh, you know, just Death of Justice League when all the Justice League come back. I do think that um, Jackson's story is not over. Like, we know that he's going to continue doing some stuff in Dark Crisis. We've seen him on that, like, Justice League team. I don't think they're going to let him fall to the wayside. I think he might get, like, kind of the Yara treatment, which he's getting now, guest star in somebody else's little series. She's popping up in Nubia. Um so I think we'll see that. But I'm like going to miss the continuation of all of the stuff that was building up in this book specifically with these writers, you know, and just what they were doing with like the uh, break off Atlantean tribe, like dealing with the mix of like the black people from Africa and Atlantis and mixing it in with the Amazons and the sleeper agents and like the crystal and just a lot of the things that were being built upon. Again, like I said, you can tell that there were a lot more things that he wanted to say and they were kind of sprinkling in that issue, sprinkling that in with this issue. But again, it just feels frustrating because you know this is the end Mm. so I mean hopefully 
it'll make some noise. Maybe Brandon will get to like write something else in the future. I am still grateful for the fact that between this and Aquaman to becoming Jackson has had like a nice little eleven to twelve issues of like characterization. He's moved forward with some. He's gotten like some power feats. He's kind of built himself up as a leader and it's a nice springboard to what else he will do in the DCU. And he's gay, so they're always gonna pop him out for a prize special, if anything. Absolutely. Do you want to see him continue as Aquaman or come back in, I don't know, forge his own lane? Yes. I I think, and it's weird because I think a lot of times some of these younger heroes take on the mantles of the superior and it never feels like it's going to stick. Like, Dick becomes Batman, but you know he's going to go back to being Nightwing or like, you know, they just find their own signatures. I don't know. It's just something about Jackson as Aquaman that feels like, oh, there's just going to be two Aquaman. Oh, okay. And, but then again, I mean, also, they do that with Hawkeye. Yeah, they do it with Hawkeye. Arthur's also dead um, right now, technically. So, but I don't know. I guess I also think of it because, like, you see him in the Young Justice show where he's also Aquaman there. Um, and, like, that's kind of been something that they've been building. And it's like, even though he is Aquaman, he feels like a different Aquaman than Aquaman, mm-hmm. which I think is a nice distinction. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully we get more Jackson. We'll see. I think we will. Actually, no. I know we will. I'm going to manifest good things. Um, I know that, I know that's right. All in all, I will probably give this issue like a three out of five. Again, it just, it felt like very rushed. It felt, it was a little frustrating um, just because it did feel unfinished a bit. I think the series overall was really well done and I like, am grateful to have it. I will continue to go back and read it for some of the stuff that we got and some of the things that we did. And that's that. Boom. All right, y'all. Well, let's go ahead and move over into the book club of the week. And this week, we were continuing on with uh, the new X-Men that won the poll over on our Twitter. And thank everybody for going over to vote. Um, oh, and the results and, were not close. No, they were not close, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they were not. <laughs> so shout out to the new X-Men fans out there that uh, want to keep going. And people who are just getting in and tapping in. Um, but this week we did three issues. Um, people have noticed we were doing like three, six, three, six. And um, this week we read 19, 20, and 21. And this was the turn. So after the last uh, week where we were in the House of M and, you know, the kids were kind of being like squatty and doing like, you know, the new mutants versus the uh, new X-Men kind of fight. I'm sorry, the Hellions kind of fighting. And then at the end of it, they had the white flash. This is now new series by uh, Kyle and Yost. And um, I don't know. This mm-hmm. like this was like really characters feel off in this to me. Really? Uh, yeah. Like Hellion, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is not nice, but he's not mean. And some of the stuff in this that he was like saying to people who didn't have their powers anymore was like mean. Um, and uh, also, this was just a, a lot of trauma. <laughs> this what I guess I forgot about <laughs> how traumatic it was, like losing your powers. Yeah, yeah, and, just like, the dying. melody how jumping much out the lost. window because she thought she could still yeah. fly. A moment. Yeah. Some boy like trying to reach out for his shadow. Um, pheromone girl, like getting touched by Wither. Mm-hmm. Her name is Laura. Uh, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think Hellion is definitely mean. I don't think he's like, but I don't think it's mean. It's mean in the way that it's very much him overcompensating for like right. Other. And so he says like right. harsh things that he probably doesn't think are intentional. Like, well, he knows they're intentionally mean, but like deep down inside, like he feels bad about it. But it's like, what else is he gonna do? So a lot of the stuff he was saying felt real to me, and that's some of the reasons why he got like when so when he was talking to Prodigy, he was like, Oh, you don't got powers, blah, 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 blah. And then Sophia walks in, like, well, neither do I. Now what? Oh, but it's like you like mm-hmm. me, so it's different. But it's like you say something mean anyway, because you're an asshole. That kind of moment made sense. I think it was another one. I have to remember where he, what mutant he said something to, where I was like, oh, that was kind of mean. Like, <laughs> damn. Um, <laughs> what did you think about Emma kicking out? Um, oh, nasty. Mirage? 
nasty lady. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible choices all the time. It's why she should not be in positions of power. Yeah, I was like, now what did how did she get kicked out? That's not and even like, right. I, everybody like, who every everybody who lost their powers in that mansion, you kicked Danny out. Girl. That is that made me that was like you just never liked her from the beginning. Exactly. And that's another reason why I didn't like that little moment they had in X Factor where Danny was like, Oh, you always cared about people. She should have smacked the hell out of her. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I thought that was kind of nasty. But again, the rest of the issue is more trauma. Uh, Jay ends up showing <laughs> up on the doorstep with his like wings Cut off. <laughs> bleeding. Oh, Jay, I love him. Very sad. Man. What a man. And he made horrible decisions also. This book was really sad. Like, I'll genuinely never forget reading like Decimation as a whole and mm-hmm. just like feelings I got when they were like, oh, you know, all these mutants are waking up without their powers and that main issue, um, the main issue in House of M, and then coming back to read this and, like, seeing, like, the real fallout with all the kids in school, the boy, like, punching the walls because he's like, oh, I can feel it. His uh, hands are bloody and, like, Emma crawling through and she's looking for the cuckoos and they're like, oh, we're dying and they got to do the telepathic stop. Like, it was like, oh, this is like a movie. It was hot, but it was also, like, chilling. It was also very scary because, again, we had just dealt with like these kids dealing with very minor teenage type of issues, um, you know, and prom and stuff. Prom and this boy's trying to sleep with his teacher and like you know all of that. Type <laughs> of yeah, yeah. Now here we are. Oh no, this boy done died in the pool because his power stopped working. Like this girl just mm. jumped off a roof because she thought she could still fly, you know. And then you got this boy. He just like messed up this girl's hand because he thought he still had it. Mm-hmm. It was very real, it was very raw, it was very scary. And it was like with Decimation, again, that was such a big moment just like in X-Men history because it didn't really hit any of your faves, but it hit a lot of your C-listers. It did hit my fave. Oh, damn, we try to call her a C-lister. Lorna lost her powers and so did Magneto. Oh, she did. I'm sorry. I forgot she lost her powers. (laughs) I try to forget that moment, too. (laughs) That was bad. That was not good. Milligan, like, kind of But I think the, all of the House of Air lost their powers. Magneto's power loss was weird, though, because they kept trying to, like, backtrack it. I'll never forget during Edward Baker's run when Skids and then popped up and she was uh, cosplaying as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. She went to him. They had mm-hmm. 30 diaries. She was a Morlock who could tell mm-hmm. the future, and Skids, like, brought him a book. She was saying, oh, this is saying you're actually still a mutant. You still have your powers. And then they never followed up on it. And then it did something else. And then, like, they were always trying to go back and forth you knew he was going to get his powers back. I mean, they were doing the same thing with Quicksilver. Like, he didn't have his powers, but then they, like, gave him the Terrigen Mist. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, kind of gave him his powers, but then, like, they mutated him a little bit. Um, they depower Iceman in the House of M issue, and then by those next few objectivists, he got it back. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't think they ever really, like, truly knew who should lose their power outside of these kids. I think maybe... Um, Jubilee was probably, like, the biggest power loss. Yes, she ended up becoming that vampire, and that lasted for a while. <laughs> that was a long time. Like, that's crazy. Why was she a yeah, vampire? No. And then they gave her a baby. I think because, like, I think the baby thing, honestly, was because Jubilee was the, kid. like, the kid of the group. Yeah, and, like, now that sh- now she's, like, someone's mom. <laughs> for her yeah well there's something for her to do I don't know what else she would I be doing there really is anything for her to do I yeah. think Jubilee would actually someone said this to me Um, she should be like training the students and that's like kind of the role she had in that Generation X book she was like their guidance counselor I think Jubilee is I think that can apply to a lot of characters but I think Jubilee is mm-hmm. one of the ones who it actually really fits for because she was like the orphan yeah. on her own. Like she should really be overseeing. She should be the mom. She knows what it's like to not mm-hmm. have. Yeah. That would be a great role for her. But then I think the problem with that is we would have to see it. And they never want to show us any of that stuff right now. They no one's on Krakoa. <laughs> yeah, that's also very true. <laughs> Nobody's there. Um, how do you feel about the way that this decimation is now? Um to where they are on Krakoa with everyone like basically being back 
do you feel like this still has the same kind of impact as it did? Yes. If anything, I think it makes Rakoa feel a lot more important because we did see how bad it could get. We saw like them cut down to their worst and now we've got to see them like alive and rebirthed and happy. Well, they're not really happy. Someone's always infiltrating that island and killing somebody. But you get to yes. see them together again now and it feels good. I think yeah, they have a space now. I think that's great. I don't think, I really don't think Krakoa should ever really, obviously there will be some kind of status quo change eventually. But like I do think that they should just always have their the X Men should just have their own corner of, mm-hmm. of like the Marvel know. universe. I don't even know if I see Krakoa like leaving anytime soon. That's what I mean. I don't think I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. I think it'll be there. Because I think even like going back to the school, that just feels like a downgrade. Mm-hmm. How do you do that after this? I think the yeah. island itself might change though. You always get something like an Arako and that has to get destroyed because you got to have some type of coloring for the mutants. They always do. For sure. But mm-hmm. they'll always kind of change around how it happens. Mm-hmm. And just maybe they'll maybe reintegrate Arako with Krakoa, go back to Okara. Yes. Oh, yes. Take me back to Okara. Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Um, but yeah, I thought this was interesting. I thought that the art for this run was a little better, which makes me realize this is why I think I may remember more of this era too, because just the art was uh, better and like brighter. Um, and like the colors were brighter too. Um, but I'm not sold on the characters yet because it seems as though a lot of them were like kind of being reestablished mm-hmm. right now, obviously with this new creative team. Um, that's kind of what usually happens, but it didn't feel as though a lot of those characters were like carried over. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a lot of them did lose their powers, like Sophia and all of them. So we had to do a culling. Yeah, everyone right. wanted to make it. But we'll see how you feel after a few issues when they kind of get their bearings. I think that was needed. I think because decimation was such a big deal, these kids kind of had to change, and this was like the beginning of that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. This also had, I think that next bit is going to have like Laura and Hellion together. And I really like yeah. that. So we'll see. I don't think anybody Re- did. Revisiting that now, we'll see how I feel about it. Yeah, let, let's get to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. Cool. All right, y'all, welcome back to the relaunch section of the show. Mm. And this week we were going to do something together since we thought of some cool ideas um, for this cool kind of character. I think he's kind of cool. Mm. Um, I debated. <laughs> he's cool. <laughs> he got that bull, that bull staff is cool. And we're talking about Gambit. Um, so, I mean, y'all know who he is. <laughs> like you do. Um I think the interesting thing about Gambit is that like he's one of the few characters of the mutant X-Men family who's like gone solo like a number of times. And and they've honestly been like semi-successful. I think he's had about yeah. say, three to four of his own solo ongoing series. Um, I have read the one by James Asmus that came out back in like 2009. I actually highly recommend that when I thought it was really cool. It was like him kind of doing like his spy thing. I mean, not his spy thing, his like thief thing, still yeah, find people, but like uh, he was like kind of a street level hero fighting Tombstone. I really like Tombstone, so he was cool to see in there. And uh, Rogue popped up, of course, as she does. And this girl. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's been doing a lot of little things since then. I think Gambit is interesting because he feels like another one of those characters who just kind of lost their place in the X line a little bit. And yeah. I feel like Gambit, I've said this, I don't know if people agree with me, but I always have felt that at this point in the game, Rogue and Gambit are kind of like separate from the X-Men. I think that they are uh, the Mr. and Mrs. X story that they had. I think that is like their brand and they should just be like the superhero married couple who comes to hang out on Krakoa every now and again, but like they're doing their own adventures. What I've come to realize is that neither Gambit nor Rogue fans really like either of that. <laughs> no. 
And <laughs> they are much happier seeing the characters separated and not together. But I don't know. I feel like they get lost when they're not together. I don't think they need to be. I think they've reached that status now as a couple within not only the X line, but in the Marvel universe anyway, that like they're going to be together. Like it's just, it's Rogue and Gambit. So I don't think they even need to be around each other like that anymore. They should be, it should be established that they are that married couple, you know, and they may have a life out. No, not, not may. They do have a life outside of the X Men. Um, but. They still like have adventures and stuff over there with the X Men and within that line, I think. Some kind mm. of like role. I think it might be time for them to maybe evolve into like having a role within the X Men, not just, you know, one of Xavier's soldiers. And I can see that, especially for Gambit. I think I think he needs it more so than Rogue. You know, again, he's been this character who's been around. I think a lot of his history has been being an X-Man. He found little young Storm and kind of bonded with her. Bishop came onto the team and was like, well, actually, you're the guy who's going to betray us all. Everyone always looked at him as a little bit shadier, a little bit sly. We didn't know too much about him. He was like that cool, yeah. kind of mysterious character, smoking his cigarettes on the side until Marvel said Kingdom characters couldn't smoke cigarettes anymore. They couldn't do that no more. <laughs> and, <laughs> I think that was what really defined him. And I think the times they've tried to make him into an X-Men leader, it like didn't really work out for whatever reason, or it was just kind of like he was still being shady, so they took it away from him. And now he's evolved into he's kind of just Rogue's husband. I think even when you look at him on Excalibur, like he's not doing anything but worrying about Rogue and like wondering where she is. Even now they had this big thing to be like, oh, he's on the team for his own reasons, and he's dead. Well, that might just be more of an issue with <laughs> the series itself then. <laughs> I mean, it's like 50-50. I think, again, I think Gambit has just really kind of like fallen off to the wayside because, and I think this is something that we need to talk about, like as we relaunch it about his character, what's next? I think a lot of the characters who we have really come to love as the X-Men, the Storms, the Jeans, the Cyclopses, uh, Beast, Betsy, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Gambit, Rogue, all of them, I'm personally of the mind that they don't necessarily need to be X-Men anymore right now. I think they should kind of move on and elevate to a new type of position, a new space within the X-Line, like you said. And that way, it gives those space for those other D-listers from back in the days, the Monets, the Shark Girls, the Husks. They can become the new X-Men, but like still being led by like those vets like a Cyclops and a Jean who are never going to leave. And then, right. Or like their status quo could just be like, that's what they do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And when you look at Gambit, it's like, okay, well, what is he going to do now? He's always been, like, the shady guy. And at some point, it's like, we got 100 shady guys now. What's your new thing? Right. How do we move you forward? What do we do with you? How do we get you there? Because you can't just be Rogue's husband, because Rogue needs to go off and do, like, her superhero thing, because people want to see her be a a flying brick, and you're kind of, like, taking her down. And then it's like you bring in Destiny, who also still kind of, like, emphasizes, oh, we don't like you, Gambit. You're still a shady guy. So it's like, okay, what what next? Which Mm -hmm. uh, What else? How are you proving to people that you're not the shady guy anymore? Does he want to? I think he should. I think that should be part. I think I think he should, but I think that should be part of the story. Like, agree. We'll see. Like, does he even want to even challenge these people anymore? You know, does he's like, I am deciding what I want to do, whether you like me or pay me as this traitor or not. Like, I'm going to be the one setting my foot forward. I think I it's think time for him to kind of do that. Agreed, and I think even with that, it's still a reminder. It's like, okay, even if you are going to be the shady guy, it's like, what are you doing? As the shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. To, to do something. <laughs> yeah. Work. Like, what What even is the shady stuff you're doing? Exactly. So, I mean, like, what was he doing in Night's Effects? I don't know. Sneaking Pop Tarts to the people? Mm-hmm. That's not been a good book for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's dead now. Mm, he is. I mean, they and think you know, he might come back. Like that, so. If she even finds out. She didn't seem to care when he oh, was wait, at the gala. Did he? Oh yeah. Did he die? In other words, yes. Did he die? But did he die in the siege perilous? Because aren't they in it? No, not yet. They he died in the crooked market, and oh. they took his body to where the siege perilous is. Mm. But he disappeared inside of it. 
bad for the game of fame. Yeah, that's not that's bad not for cool. Fans in that book, though. <laughs> but again, I think that's even more so of a slap in the face of Gambit and just kind of a testament to be like, okay, well, what have you been doing? Because, like, what was Gambit doing before this? Mm. Just showing up to be there with Rogue, really. Exactly. I think he just needs to be further implanted into the X line. I don't think he already has a life on his own outside of it. Obviously, he's one of the few X-Men characters who can who is still a solo character. Um he just needs I think to be re he got to spin the block again and come back around into the X side for a bit. And I think by doing that his story should be you know, you were this traitor and or alleged traitor or like shady shifty guy, you know, but what are you doing now? Are you still I, that person? I agree. I think he does need uh, a re-entry into the X-Men and like being on the main X-Men team and like people seeing him and him being effective. I think a lot of people kind of forget what Gambit can do and like yes. exactly what his powers are. We all know that like he charges the cards, he makes things blow up, but like, you know, people forget how his kinetic energy and how he's apparently supposed to be like a really good fighter. He like really moves fast. Yeah, that both have- you know, he has a lot of skills, and it's like we haven't seen a skilled, competent Gambit in a long time, and I think because of that, people aren't going to jump to see him by himself on anything yet. So you got to put him on the team, put him on the main team, let people see, okay, this is Gambit of the X-Men, this is what he can do, and then as you're building that up, then I think it's time to move him out and do mm-hmm. something else. Now, He's got a solo series out right now. It's a it's Stealth a, Storm solo. I was about to say, still. it's about Storm. <laughs> <laughs> the women in his life are just cooler than him they are but i also think that's like a really good like he is attached to some really good women so it's like even if he's not doing anything like he's gonna be elevated storm's gonna be like oh yeah gambit just come hang out with me because you're my homie yeah. rogue yeah. is like you my husband betsy doesn't like him gene thinks he's hot you know what i'm saying it's like they're gonna have him whatever yeah. I think after his X-Men set, though, he does need to do something else. And this might be a little controversial, but... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think I would make him We're a listening. Captain. Oh, wow. Yeah. I That'd think, be different. I think it's something that would be different. It kind of moves him past, like, the shady guy. Or even so, you could still give him some shady stuff that he's doing as a captain to protect the people. But I think it gives him a new sense of responsibility that he needs. I think it elevates him to a level of, like, when you think of Rogue, you think of superhero Rogue. And you think, like, here's a guy who can kind of match up with that. I think Gambit is a character who can lend himself to leadership. He's led the Thieves Guild. He's led teams of X-Men before. He's had his student squads. He's mentored people. So I think that gene is there. And I think it's something that would be really nice to also bring him back with Bishop. I was going to say that would be cool, too, to kind of circle that, bring that back around, and see how Bishop is now with Mm -hmm. him, you know, considering how he was originally, but he didn't really like him because he was the alleged traitor. But, you know, they developed a friendship by the end of, like, the run or whatever. But uh, it would be cool to see that touched on again. Yeah. They're they're cool together. They are. They're, like, a really good duo. I like them. Yeah. I think Gambit just needs a little bit. Like you said, he needs to peek. I honestly just needs to get away from Rogue. (laughs) Like, he just has to, like, not be in her shadow and go off and do his own thing and be reminding people that he is capable. Yeah. I agree. I think that would I think that would be a great relaunch for him. You know, after this after this Claremont Gambit run, maybe they mm. can start bringing him back around the X Men. Well, he's dead. Never mind. <laughs> Forgot about that part. We gotta fix him up first, then we'll figure that out. But Marvel, if you're listening, <laughs> give Gambit his due. Let him do something instead right. of just being around Rogue. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate all the love and support. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can watch us on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. You can uh, email us with anything at um, Another Relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace out.